gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 176. Wow, 176. With all that's going on in the world, I hope we can entertain you for a while, do a good podcast. And get you into the superhero mold. And with the world really just shutting down, or at least it should be to fight the coronavirus, a new Superman animated film is just what the doctor ordered. And no one told me to say that. I really dug it. I really dug this film. I think the story is wonderful and the animation is gorgeous. This is the first of three straight weeks that we are going to dedicate to Superman Red Sun. Superman Red Sun, if you're listening to this, the day it came out, which is March 19th, came out on Blu-ray and DVD two days ago. It's been out on digital for a couple of weeks. You can find it wherever you can get a Blu-ray, DVD, or digital. And you know what? If you're homebound, do the digital because you don't have to go anywhere to get it. Or, if you can, get it on Amazon or something that will ship it to you. Don't go to a store to get this. Trust me, that's not smart. Let's fight this illness and let's flatten the curve. Today on the show, we are going to talk to Batman and Wonder Woman from this film. (laughs) Vanessa Marshall has played Wonder Woman in a number of animated films, but also she's been in the voiceover business for a long time and she's amazing and did you know her mom was spider woman i can't wait to ask vanessa about that vanessa marshall plays wonder woman in this film and then an iconic voice actor and you know how much this podcast loves voice actors i have such an affinity for animation and voice actors are the best roger craig smith plays Batman in this film. It's a different Batman. It's very, very different. Um, He's from the Soviet Union, and it's a very different take, and it's a really cool interview, and Roger Craig Smith is going to be uh, on this podcast as well. Again, Superman Red Sun, the newest animated film from the DC Universe. It's not on the app yet, which means you have to get it. And again, there's plenty of ways to get it, I did the digital. Again, the artwork is gorgeous in this film. Jason Isaacs plays Superman, and it's basically the story of Kal-El from Krypton, who the rocket lands in the Soviet Union, not Smallville. And that's basically the story. 
Uh, it's an Elseworlds tale, and it was written by the great Mark Millar. It's a book that came out like 17 years ago, and it's a fascinating story. It was a great book in its time, and now this is a great animated film. So, without further ado, let's start it off by interviewing an iconic voice actor in her own right. Here's the great Vanessa Marshall. <laughs> Vanessa Marshall, the first thing I'm realizing is this is supposed to be face-to-face. You're supposed to be in New York for the premiere. What is going on in the world? I know. I'm so heartbroken. Believe me. I would so much rather be there right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. And, 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 and I will say this. You know, I saw the film, and it's fantastic. You have played Wonder Woman before. However... You're the only person that sounds like the person I know you are because every other voice either has an accent or Diedrich Bader's playing Lex Luthor, which I can't even process. But you playing Wonder Woman again, she sounds like Wonder Woman. Ah, uh, <laughs> thank you. I, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy playing Wonder Woman. Believe me. <laughs> But how is this one different? How is this one different? Because all the characters are so different. It's Elseworlds. It's all these different things. I mean, was this like Flashpoint? Was this like New Frontier? Was this like Crisis on Two Earths? Is there anything, any context that you brought to the character this time around? Well, I think it was completely unique. I think uh, the time period of this piece was... um, really important um, and the feel of that specific time period. And uh, I really applaud everyone involved with the film who really brought that out. Um, There was a bit of um, an understated um, uh, elegance in that Mm -hmm. world. And um, the colors were just so brilliant. So uh, obviously we weren't working on uh, the visuals. We were just sort of creating the sonic landscape for that. But uh, when I see it all come together, it's just fantastic. But having said that, um, I think she is sort of a neutral party between two worlds in this, um, very much in that vibe uh, of the time period. And um, she has a unique place within the story because she's able to uh, work with Superman and, um, you know, help him and stand up to him and guide him and uh, ultimately to watch him make the ultimate sacrifice uh, to sort of right the wrongs. Uh, I feel like her speech begging them to stop yes. making war may have played a small part in that. And, and therefore, I think it's uh, quite impactful. And she's also she she's she she looks like she was tortured, and your voice reflects it. And you know, you read Aww. the script, you saw it. How does you know you don't you're not taking the pain? I hope, um, <laughs> but the reality of it is just to emote that in a in a situation. And I've seen all, you know a lot of your work in Star Wars Rebels and all the other things. This is something where that gets really dark. It gets really gritty, and you have to answer that call. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I credit Wes Gleason with sort of guiding me there and letting me know how far is far enough. And uh, it it was great. And, you know, Sam was there, Bruce was there, and they guided me along the way. And we arrived where we did. And uh, it felt authentic. And, um, you know, it was a real it was a real honor. 
the film is gorgeous. I mean, you've seen it. It, right? it, it, it just, it's so bright and so detailed and, you know, it's 2D yep. animation, but it, it's so much more than just hand-drawn. It's, it, it, it's, there's something to it. And what about the idea that as you've been playing these superhero types, the, you know, wh- whether it's Wonder Woman or someone else, but it's in this genre, have you yeah. noticed the evolution of just the production value? Uh, this film in particular, I thought was quite gorgeous, and the music was profoundly moving. Uh, I just, I was blown away watching this film. Um, I mean, I think each one is sort of unique in its own regard. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, Killing Joke, and I've said that many times. For me, yep. that movie had a similar um, commitment to it that uh, just had zero apologies and was just full out and uh, magnificent. So I think they've really done it again in, in a unique way, making it feel like it's gone even farther. But I think they always hit a home run. At least for me, they do. I, I love them. Is there something to be said for the fact that uh, we've talked to directors. I remember talking to Jay Oliva about this. And I remember bringing up your name only in the sense that what is a script that makes them want to say, this is Vanessa Marshall's Wonder Woman versus some of the other ones. And, uh, you know, it, I have no it's not idea. Better, worse. It's just different. And why they pick you for one and someone else for the others, but then they come back to you. So it's not like they've passed ever. They're always rebounding and coming back to you. I have no idea. I'm just so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever, well, I, whatever the math is on that. I'm, I'm always grateful when it comes out <laughs> in this way. Um, and I also, Susan Eisenberg is my favorite uh, Wonder yeah. Woman as far as the animation goes. And I just, I could watch her all day. So I don't really care which one of us gets to do it. Um, but uh, I'm always honored when it's my turn. <laughs> and, and she's been on this podcast before and she said the same thing about you. Um, oh my goodness. What, what, I are, what irony. What irony. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's branch out. You've been doing this genre for a while. You were on yeah. Justice League. You had smaller parts. You were on Zeta Project. You were on smaller parts. You were starting your voice career. What is it about this genre? Do you do you have an affinity for this genre? Or is it just you'll take the work wherever you can get? Um, there are so many fans that are listening to this. The people who listen to this show, they love this genre. What is it that attracts you to it? Well, I I love stories uh, that inspire. And, uh, I have transformed a great deal in my own life. And, uh, I think in the, the power that storytelling has is its ability to unite us in that process of, you know, stepping up to the hero's challenge or, um, you know, taking the high road or, or whatever it is that, um, these characters previous to this gave me the strength to do those things in my own life. And, uh, you know, I'm a martial artist and um, I have tried to empower myself in any way and every way I can and help anyone who's marginalized and unable to help themselves. And so those to me are values that Wonder Woman embodies. And, um, you know, I, I would hope that some of the work that I've done on myself perhaps comes to the microphone mm. when I show up. And uh, if I can have been inspired by them and then in turn inspire others by speaking her words, uh, you know, in a narrative, uh, either which way, if, you know, that's the way it goes, I'm, I'm just grateful to be a part of it and um, 
I have, I think I'm a fan first, and uh, but I'm also a professional, so I'm able to do my job, and then I can fangirl flail when I'm sitting there watching it. <laughs> so. But the the fan the fan appreciation for this kind of stuff is so different. Like, there's a whole contingent. I love the social media fight, and I know I'm branching out here, but the fight between Spider-Man the animated series and the spectacular Spider-Man. That is like you were talking about the Montagues and the Capulets. This is the brawl oh, really? of all the These goofballs on Twitter and social media in general, they will fight to the death on which is the better animated show. And you were Mary Jane in that one. And that reveres you in people's eyes. And that's Aww. fascinating to me. And it, it, it's one of the things this show in the, in the 170 something episodes we've done of this show, I'm telling you, voice actors are the ones that resonate with people because they see it and you hear the voice and it's just so funny. And there's also a propensity. Every time we do a voice actor, they're on a phone line. <laughs> we never hear them <laughs> in person. <laughs> oh, it's only the on-camera actors that we get on the in studio. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, nah, well, we'll, I mean, we should have been you know, back east right now. So who knows? I mean, at the moment, I'm hoping to go to New York Comic Con. So if that happens, we'll have to figure something out and meet up there or something. I don't know. But right. um, yeah, we'll figure it out to be face to face. <laughs> a quick, a quick hitter. Um, mm -hmm. And you got to uh, satisfy the fanboy in our audience. Um, okay. Star Wars Rebels. The yes. comment that we have made repeatedly about that show is, Every year it got better. And there's mm. not many shows that can claim that. It was good in the beginning. It became great at the end. Did you mm. sense the evolution of it? Um, I think as the characters grew, so did we as people. And I think we really came together as a family in real life. And I think that impacted how we interacted with each other over the four years um, that we were all together. and. Um, I think we were having fun and I, I think perhaps that translated and we were able to enjoy it with the fans as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that that occurred. I think they cast it so well knowing that they needed real Star Wars fans. And uh, I think we all came to it with pure hearts and the desire to honor the legacy. And, um, you know, we, we did the best we could. <laughs> You know, we knew we only had a, a limited narrative there, so we knew it wouldn't go on forever. Um, but, uh, you know, Filoni had said at the beginning, we're, we're looking at the people, who, for example, who, you know, a couple people sitting in a barn who wondered, uh, you know, how the Civil War would happen or, you know, like people who have started revolutions just from the tiniest of embers, you know, great change occurred. Like, tell us about those lives, like what sacrifices were made and so, you know, that really inspired us uh, to investigate that. And, and then, of course, it leads right up to the moment when Princess Leia puts the information into R2-D2, yep. saying that Obi-Wan Kenobi is her only hope. You know, we it's on the backs of all of these characters that we see over the course of uh, the series and, of course, Rogue One. Um, but uh, it was fun to explore that bit uh, between Episode 3 and 4. Was for that as long as we could? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Was that you who screams in in Rogue One, General Sandula? Is that your voice? Uh, no. No. I, What's your you? No. You have a cameo in Rogue One, don't you? 
I do indeed. Um, I play goal. Uh, let's see. I play um, Rebel Pilot Number Nine. I love it. I believe, <laughs> and um, I say, "I see you, Gold Leader." Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, we thought they couldn't we... understand. They couldn't understand the woman on camera, and I got an audition saying, uh, "Could you match this Air Force pilot?" Uh, they sent a clip of a woman who talked like this. She was showing her plane, saying how she could fly up here and there. So I did the line um, as so requested, and they were like, "Oh, you just got a part in Rogue One." What? <laughs> well, there's yeah. a there, there's a moment in Rogue One that. And I remember JC, a mutual friend of of of, of Gary's and mine, and uh, JC, who's our Star Wars insider, he says the part where in Rogue One where there's just a, a line in the background where it says General Sandula report, and just the the verification that justifies the hours that fans invested in Rebels, and it exactly. just it, it, it's yes. so it, it just it was like they're talking about our person, that's our person, yeah. and that's how it yeah. felt. Yeah. Yeah, that's I know. Well, she got paged, I believe, and uh paged, David, right. David Collins uh did the voiceover on that and at the Lucasfilm Friends and Family premiere, he came up to me and he said, "Hey, I give you a shout out in the movie." Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, hey, I just won the lottery, whatever, man." You know, I didn't know what he was talking about. And then when I actually heard it, I thought, "Oh my gosh, he wasn't kidding." I thought I thought he was just being facetious. Who wouldn't love to be called out in a Star Wars movie? You know, so yeah. anyway, and as far as That's the life awesome. insurance policy goes, it, it bodes well for Hera. That's right. She, she that survives. <laughs> right. She survives. That's, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a clear, clear uh, point. Uh, lastly, yeah. the uh, the DC Universe show Harley Quinn, uh, very adult. And I would imagine that role compared to Red Sun, compared to some of the others, must be really a different because the audience is so different. Oh my goodness, it is completely different. Um, I, I play Giganta as well as Wonder Woman and uh, Tony Hale uh, as uh, Psycho in it, and yep, he yep, yep. is fantastic. So, and I never got to play opposite him uh, in real time, but watching it, I just cry with laughter. It is so funny uh, and very, very different. Um, it. it at first, I was sort of a little freaked out by it. I was like, wait, 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 wait. These are superheroes. What's happening? <laughs> These are Greek gods. What are you doing? It's, it, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's um, a thing. But it just, I think they do such a great job with it. I, I'm really impressed. It's a great time. I look forward to every episode, and I can't wait for season two. It's coming. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's it's supposedly coming. Um, and then finally, Superman Red Sun. Uh, it's out now on digital. It's coming out on Blu-ray. And just the idea that it's so different, but yet so familiar. If you're a Superman fan or a Batman fan or a Wonder Woman fan, you, it, it won't feel normal, but you'll get it. You'll understand where it's coming from. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> That's great stuff. Um, I, I mean, there's so many other things I want to ask you, and I could do this for hours. Just promise you'll come back to the show, and one of these days we'll go and do a deep dive. Oh, there's one more thing I forgot. One more thing I forgot. Disney Plus is out, and now Spider-Woman is getting all this reaction, and that's your mom. That's right. I know. That's yep. crazy. It, it's in the DNA. <laughs> That's crazy because I'm telling you, if we did this six months ago, I would not have known that. That's not something I would research about your career. But, oh, my God, Spider-Woman. And when I said, wait a second, 
that's Vanessa Marshall's mom. That that was yep. bonkers, and that show's yeah. getting all kinds of reaction because of Disney Plus. Yeah, finally, now we can watch all that good stuff. <laughs> and since all, we're all, all that stuck, old school good stuff. Since we're yeah. all stuck in houses, direct to video is a right way to go. <laughs> when yeah. you're in a when you're in a quarantine, check out this stuff. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I I so you. enjoyed talking to you, and we'll figure out how we can uh, connect if if uh, New York Comic Con occurs. So <laughs> that's a plan. That's a plan. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving us a couple of minutes. Congrats on the film. Thank you so much. Have a great night and stay safe. Before we get back to the show, I just want to tell you about a very cool announcement that was recently made about the Hall of Justice. We are so excited that this show is now available to stream free on Spotify. Spotify, folks, that is the what the young kids are using. Spotify is something my kids use. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's, it's a downloadable app. You can use Spotify on any device, iPhone, Samsung, Android, whatever you want to do. It's a great listening experience. You go straight from listening to music. You can listen to Prince. You can listen to superhero songs, you know, the kind of stuff I listen to. And then switch right over to this podcast in the very same app. Just search for The Hall of Justice on Spotify and start listening free. It's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. We're excited that there are new listeners that are going to find this show, and I'm so grateful for everybody that subscribes, listens, rates, and reviews. The Hall of Justice is now on Spotify. Now back to the show. Justice and peace for all mankind. Our thanks to Vanessa Marshall. How about that, huh? Her mom is Spider-Woman, and I just saw Spider-Woman on Disney+. Plus. That was so wild. It's so cool. Uh, really, really impressive. Um, now it's on to Roger Craig Smith. Roger Craig Smith has been Sonic the Hedgehog. He was Captain America in the Marvel Avengers cartoons that came out a couple of years ago, the Avengers Assemble series and all of its incarnations. Roger Craig Smith is an iconic voice actor. He's had a storied career. He's been in literally everything, and he was a great conversation. Here is Roger Craig Smith. Roger Craig Smith, man, this is an honor. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, is it not an honor? I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's be honest. I ain't going anywhere. I got nothing to do. Well, listen, right you now. agreed to you agreed to do it already, so we had to say. No, <laughs> no, no. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. I've been a fan of your career. I, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. The first thing I thought of when they told me that you might be calling in, I said Captain America. Oh, Captain America. I went Captain America. I know a lot of people go Sonic, but I'm older. So how funny. I don't, you know, Sonic's not my thing, and that's not the genre of this podcast. But I found that what they tried to do, let's just go into this first. What they found out to do with Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Assemble and Hulk and all of them, and to link them all like it's in the same universe. And if you're a completist, you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you watched all the films, but you had to check out the animation, and you were Captain America throughout. That's crazy. I know. It, it's, uh, it, 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 I mean, 
to literally have anybody go, oh, my gosh, the voice of, you know, insert anything here that they've heard of as a voice actor <laughs> is always, like, incredible. And uh, for it to be in the entirety of my career to have had sort of, like, you know, iconic, like, gaming or, you know, comic book uh, figures, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's nuts. And you work with And you work with Colette. I'm not giving out her last name, but you work with Colette, who was on our Stan Lee trip. Oh, and very we cool. Talked yep. about this show. I did, yeah. In fact, uh, one of the one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest aspects of of getting to do any of this stuff, to be a part of this, is to meet your your sort of heroes in that realm. And and we were fortunate enough to get a chance to meet uh, Stan Lee, and I believe he was uh, uh, that our show on uh, Black Panther's Quest, uh, yeah. which was still a version of Avengers Assemble, that right. was his last animated cameo before he passed. So that's we, what we uh, heard. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's uh, it's crazy. It might have been uh, Into the Spider Verse because that was the one thing we were debating which came out first. But but you're absolutely right. It was one of the last. Uh, because I think, the- yeah, because I think that w- uh, one of the gentlemen that worked for Marvel had said that ours was the last that he actually that's recorded. Awesome. Like it was right. the last. It may have come out it. after. Exactly. I think it came out like the chronologically, it doesn't match right. up with, you know, with the way things are released, but yeah, but and well, either I, way, it's not like it diminishes my uh my having met Stan, shook his hand and he asked, "You're Captain America? Well, where's your shield?" And it's like my heart sank and oh, I was like, "Ah." Oh. Awesome. And, and little did little did he know that I literally have like a a full metal replica hanging above my fireplace <laughs> of Captain America's shield. That's great. Yeah, which That's- is actually now next to page four out of four of his uh, script from the uh, oh, that cool. episode of Avengers Assemble where we uh, right. yeah I took I took the page after he had left I took it he had he had uh, scribbled in uh, in his shaky handwriting with a pencil the number four at the top of right. his page and I was like I want that and it's <laughs> framed next to my uh, metal Captain America shield oh wow I want to come to your house um, <laughs> it's, a, the... it's a nerd haven yeah seriously. Uh, and watch this professional segue to DC. Yeah. <laughs> it may have been that Stan Lee's actual released last voice thing was Teen Titans Go to the Movie. The movie, yes, exactly. Which is hysterical. I that, love that, that they did that. That that movie is hysterical. And I don't want to go on too far of a tangent, but my favorite episode of that show is when LeBron James was a, was a guest star because he tweeted one night after the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, celebrating tonight's victory with a Teen Titans Go marathon. And the dudes who who write that show were like, oh my God, you watch our show? Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> that's the power of social media. And I said, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And my girls, who have never seen a basketball game, they couldn't tell you what the NBA looks like. Their favorite player is LeBron James. Of course. Look how it works. That's geekery it uh, geekery uh, knows no bounds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. You're Batman, but you are Russian Batman. Yes, Superman how- Red Sun. Like, uh, yes, it's a, uh, an Elseworlds story. This was my sort of introduction to the whole Elseworlds world of, uh, of sort of like a fish out of water kind of element that they've, they've done where they sort of play with the universe of these uh, characters. But yeah, a Russian uh, Batman in the, uh, the, Soviet, uh, the Soviet Union. Right, it's not even Russia. It's it's no. the Soviet Union. It's exactly. the time of the Cold War and Stalin and and all of that stuff. Now you had played Batman before in the Batman Unlimited. And so the Batman Unlimited, yeah, 
2013 was Batman Arkham Origins, the video game, then Batman Unlimited, Batman Ninja. Um, but that was the script. Like, I didn't know that was you. This one, I asked who that was because how did you get the Russian accent down? Like, look, I'm not, I'm not debating your skills, but that's kind of hard. Uh, well, for one, it's my job, and, and as soon as Wes Gleason, our voice director, had, had mentioned they're bringing you in on this, and you need to, to, to make sure that your Russian accent is, uh, is polished up, I, I worked with uh, uh, Paula, who is a dialect coach, and immediately called her up and said, hey, I want to polish up on this and, and get some of the rules and all that stuff down. So we came in fully prepared to do a very thick Russian accent, and we kind of pulled back from that. It, it, it would have been a little too, I think, distracting. Um, to, to the character as we have sort of come to know the character. But, but yeah, just, I mean, just literally like anything, you, you cram for a test. Uh, I started <laughs> working awesome. with the dialect coach to make sure that I would know the little rules here and there on certain, certain, you know, curvatures of certain words and things like that. And one thing I've said, you know, to anybody I've talked to about this film, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It, it, the animation is brilliant because it's a mix. You can tell that computers helped it, but it's not CGI. It's still 2D. And the difference in the, in the visual, and I know that you're the voice guy, so this is not your forte per se, but Superman's face and Wonder Woman's face, if you just look at their face, they look like Superman and Wonder Woman. Batman, does, Batman doesn't. He looks different. He looks, you have, I mean, yes, it's similar, and you know it's a replica, but he's the most Elseworlds of all of it because it seems like he's a different guy. It's it's dark. It's gritty. What do you make of the fact that Batman's just the most different of all? You know, what's interesting is I don't necessarily know. I mean, visually, yes, I think he's deviating uh, a little more from like the traditional sort of, you know, animation style that we've seen with that particular character. But the the part that Superman Red Sun does so well um, with all of these characters is in toying around with like what I what the notion of perspective and in that way, I don't think that that even though, you know, sort of despite the fact that this version, uh, you know, aesthetically of Batman appears to be different, I actually think this is still like a Batman that makes perfectly good sense to me in terms mm. of the motivation that he has for doing the things that he's doing as a as a bit of a vigilante. Um, it's it's interesting. He He, to me, is still Batman. It's just that he's a... In this version, uh, a little more uh, unhitched. <laughs> he's definitely uh, he's far more aggressive. Uh, his his one of his biggest policies is out the door, um, and yeah. you learn that in in, in devastating <laughs> Spoiler, grand spoilers, fashion. right? Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's but to me when I think of like the, the you know to me the question in years past has always been is Bruce is Bruce Wayne Batman or is Batman Bruce Wayne? And for me, Bruce Wayne or I should say Batman has always been Bruce Wayne for me. Mm, um, and in this same, even in Superman Red Sun, there's a really neat little sequence that takes place that if you didn't think too much of it, you could miss it, but they do some really great visuals uh, to make sure you're kind of getting what's happening here or what they're setting up to be paid off later. They show a young man that, uh, that, that is suffering. And so the, to me, the motivation as to how that young man might grow up to become this Soviet era, you know, Cold War era Batman uh, is done flawlessly. And in that way, to me, I think, no, that's Batman. That's And he really and truly, just as the Batman in other sort of iterations, feels that he's doing what he's doing for the for the greater good. Um, that's that's 
that's sort of true uh, to Batman as a character. Um, and yet this, this version of Batman is still doing that, despite being... I, I, and I honestly think if they had made him look more heroic, which they don't necessarily, this animation style doesn't make no, him look... Right. Yeah, but I, I think it wouldn't have served it. So aesthetically, this makes perfectly good sense to me. Character-wise, I think it's still Batman. It, you know, and it's interesting because it's it's such a departure from anything I've ever heard you do. And then, you know, as well as Diedrich Bader plays Lex, he sounds more like Batman. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, and, and I didn't really go very deep with the register on this one or anything right, like that. We, right, You know, because, again, when we started working with Wes, it was like, no, a little more your natural speaking voice. Like, oh, interesting, okay. But I think they wanted to kind of have him in a different age range. And and if it was that, you know, that dark Batman, it's like it, it would be too – maybe just too heroic and a little less edgy. And uh, so uh, that's that's where that collaborative element of having Bruce and Sam and Wes in the room, uh, having these, these folks kind of have their feedback and input, um, that's the collaborative element of how we all sort of conjure up different versions of these characters in different projects. Um, so it, it's not as if I can take credit for, you know, for any of this. Uh, sure. it, it's, such a, it's such a group effort. You have bounced around and you've done so much. I mean, your resume is massive or your IMDb, whatever they, they call it these days. They, they, it's, just, it's just massive. And you have done all kinds of different genres. Whenever you started doing the superhero verse, like not comics, not animation, just not movies, it's just the superhero. Maybe Wolverine. I, I, I don't know what show was actually your first in that genre. Did you notice the response you got from fans, whether it be at conventions, on social media, however you might be interacting, did you notice it's a different fan when you get into that genre versus Sonic or any of the other things you've done? You know, yes and no. I, I mean, fans, by definition, are fanatical. <laughs> so, I mean, no it's, and it's like, you know, I will say that, like, there's differences in the, in the way that the fans might approach you um, to a degree. But for the most part, I mean, people are excited. You know, if it's Chris Redfield from the Resident Evil series, they're just as, as passionate about that series as a Sonic fan might be. Um, from from whatever version of Sonic they that, that where I sort of first came online for them, because um, just fans are fans. So I, I don't know. I mean, I I mean maybe there's a little more of like um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think if there's if there's like a through line as as to the differences uh, between these different uh, genres. But I don't know that there necessarily is. I mean, obviously with Sonic you've got maybe a little more family friendly. So the fan base can skew a little bit younger, but then you've also sure. got a lot of people like myself who grew up with Sonic in the nineties and you've got fans of Sonic still. Um, right. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, but I'm trying to think I, they, they, they're all phenomenal. <laughs> they're all awesome. And, uh, and, and everybody's been very gracious. Uh, even when I'm taking on something like a, you know, uh, voicing Batman when Kevin Conroy has established, you know, uh, sure. this character as we've come to know it in in, in so many different sort of mediums. Um, people were still like, no, no, I get it. You know, I, I, I was obviously nervous in 2013 as to how it would be received. Um, but people were saying, no, that's that's that version of Batman that makes perfectly perfectly good sense that that ber version of Batman will become Kevin Conroy's version. So, you know, uh, I, I got, a, I got a, a thumbs up, which has been incredible because uh, – 
you know, it's it's always nice when you get a positive reaction on the internet. <laughs> and, well, yeah, which, which is so rare. Um, the idea, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Batman because all the different voice guys, they all are different, and it's not a question of better or worse. And I don't think Kevin has to worry about his throne. I mean, he, of course you know, not. As, as yeah. humble as he is, and as kind as he is, and he's been on the show a bunch, he he is he he knows. You know what I'm saying? Like he knows. And I don't think anybody challenges him on that. What, you know, I think back and I never know, you know, who's going to be which Batman or which one I'm going to respond to. I remember the under under the red hood, Bruce Greenwood did it. Yep. I don't even think he ever did it again. Oh, no, he did it again in Young, Young Justice. Yeah, exactly. I, it was so distinctive and so good. And that's such a good film. And it was such a difference. And nobody said, well, wait a second, that's not Kevin, so I can't like it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it establishes that... You have to take any art form on for what it is and be fair. And the thing thing that I find is it, it's the same thing. It's, it's my Ryan Reynolds joke. Ryan Reynolds was great in Green Lantern. It's not his fault. He fought a cloud. Yeah. It's, it, it's, that's not what it is. If you happen to play a, an iconic role in a fantastic film like Superman Red Sun is, you have, you, that's a jackpot role. And that's not to say that you're going to be unfairly or fairly compared to all the previous predecessors, no, including it, the one that's probably on your on your film just as much, Invader, who was absolutely. great yep. at that. Yep. Right. And it's like that's I mean that's just how it goes. I mean that's a, and, yeah. and I get it. I've even said I understand when it's like when we as a team miss the mark. It makes perfectly good sense to me that it's upsetting to people. Um, simply because we've all like anytime somebody takes something that you find precious or dear and you hear that they're about to mess with it, it's a little unsettling. And I, I totally understand that, but I've never been a part of a project, uh, in the entirety of my career where people walk into a go, yeah, we just don't really care about this. We're just trying to like mess it up. It's like, everybody's trying their absolute best, but it's a, you know, what's the joke? A giraffe is a horse designed by committee. Um, you know, the, the reality is there's, this is a collaborative, um, process. And so a lot of people have their input. And yet, uh, when you're talking about comics and comic book characters in general, almost everybody's super passionate about wanting to get it and get it right. Um, nobody's ever out there, you know, thinking, well, I don't care. It's like, no, everybody wants to do their best. And, uh, it's nice when it, when it works and it's, uh, back to the drawing board when it doesn't. So I, I, I totally understand that the passion behind fans uh, when when something does or does not work, I I, I totally get it. Um, well, but well, everybody's and, and trying their it, best. And to take it one step further, and I think it's live action. I think it's it's the all, you know all the new stuff, the Star Wars and the animation and the, all the different things that are going on. You can tell that the people at the helm of those things are fans. Yeah. And you know, I, I when I was doing some research, so I know you and I are it's very similar in age. And that's the idea of this podcast. We call it the Hall of Justice. And the slogan is, if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. There you go. That's, that's how we, because we wanted something that would skew a little older. We didn't, I, I have no problem if you're 15 and listening to this show, but I think that if the target audience for this, this podcast would be 30 to 50, you know, somewhere be yeah, between those two. And the difference is in the 70s when, you know, Daredevil and Thor were on with Bill Bixby, the people who were writing that stuff thought comics were lame. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you can see it in their work. And it's just it's just funny because, you know, just to kind of close it out, because I know you got to run, 
Superman Red Sun, I don't know who the fan is for this. It's Is it the diehard Superman fan? Is it the diehard comics fan? Do you have to know the book? Because this is pretty, this is 17 years yeah. after the book came out. That's a pretty, pretty long thing. I, like I said, it's gorgeous and the story is deep. What's your take on who the target audience is for this film? Honestly, I think it would be just sort of a general fan of of what comics and what this medium uh, can do when it's when it's you know firing on all cylinders. I, I think if, if if you like the idea that you're going to gain uh, a little bit of something to think about, it's not it's not for little kids. Um, uh, but it's not it's not so overtly mature that that it's not for you know um, a, a broader audience. And so I think if if you like being challenged in your thoughts a little bit with this you know the if you will the absurdity of of, uh, of superheroes, um, but finding yourself going along for the ride, they cram so much into an hour and twenty minutes on this um, that uh, the first time that I saw it as a screener. I texted uh, uh, Gary and said, hey, man, thanks for that. I, I'm an hour afterwards, and I'm still thinking about it, which is rare <laughs> considering, you know, my line of work. I've been a part of a, a number of things, and y- you're happy to be a part of this stuff. And sometimes you just go, oh, that one's not for me, or, you know, I don't, I don't, maybe I'm too old for this or too young for it or whatever it might be. But this one really kind of left me thinking about humanity. It left me thinking about these characters. It left me thinking about perspective um, and, and different perspectives on every character I've ever done, kind of going, you know, it's funny to think that, you know, if you're the family member of one of the guards that, you know, Ezio from Assassin's Creed <laughs> annihilates, uh, <laughs> even though he's doing it for the quote-unquote greater good, you probably are not a fan of Ezio. And this this really plays around with that. So I, I, I look at it like it's maybe a little bit more the thinking individual's, um, you know, comic adaptation, but yeah. it's still got moments of levity. It's got moments of heart. Um, I mean, tear-jerking moments in this film. It's uh, they, they really, really, really did a phenomenal Wonder job. Wonder Woman through the ringer. Right? Through the ringer. Oh, my God. So there's, and, and there's just a there's just really sweet, uh, very grounded, really, you know, it's it's a little more highbrow uh, than uh, than usually is. what think people think of for, for the animation world. So it, but it, I, but to somebody who hasn't read the book and has not seen the film, here's what I'd say. Number one, they explain the story in the first two minutes. Like you're just, yep. They'll catch you up really quick. And then you're housebound anyway, and you shouldn't be going anywhere for the next five months. So just get this film and go watch it 17 times. Yes, and you do not need to have any sort of history into any of these right. characters to kind of go along for this ride. Um, that's, that's what they've done so exceptionally well. If this is your first superhero film, uh, you know, first – animated superhero film you're you're not going to be lost you don't need to know the backstories and that's 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 usually a barrier to entry for a lot of these things is people might feel like well i don't know the story the origin story so i'm not this is not for me it's like no this is a standalone and it's uh because of the elseworlds content they have to kind of set it up and they do that very well roger i could do this all day with you um let's do this in a month well you're going to be housebound too what am i talking about we all are I'll find you on Twitter. Let's do this. Okay. Let's let's have a deeper dive conversation. I want to hear all about your career. I really appreciate you doing this, man. I would love to. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Our thanks to Vanessa Marshall and Roger Craig Smith for this episode. Next week, Diedrich Bader. That's right. Diedrich Bader plays Lex Luthor in this film. And then Victor Dandridge will return, and we will review Superman, Red Sun, 
And we're hoping to talk to J.M.D. Mateus and Mark Millar, who wrote the original book. And uh, we we dig this and we love our relationship with the folks at Warner Brothers Animation. So our thanks to Vanessa Marshall and Roger Craig Smith. Thank you to you for subscribing, listening, rating, reviewing. And in this world, I don't know. Are you listening to more podcasts because you're homebound? Or are you listening to less because you're not traveling? I've been listening to less, but I will promise you this. My idea for this time when we're all in somewhat of a quarantine, I'm going to try to find other people that are in isolation. And as long as they're healthy, I'm going to ask them to come on the Hall of Justice. And let's record a bunch of great podcasts and give people something fun to listen to. That's the best thing I think we can do in this crazy time. And then, of course, if you're listening to this in the future... We've got the vaccine for coronavirus, and life is back to normal. And you're saying, what were you all worried about? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, again, next week, Diedrich Bader, as we do three consecutive weeks on Superman Red Sun. We'll see you next week. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it.